everybody. Hey, I want to welcome everybody who's watching online. We love our online community. We want to say hi to all of you who are at Old Town Campus, Pastor Dwayne and all of you. It was great hanging out with you at the 1045 service last week. A big shout out to our campus over there, to Larry Street, Pastor Brandon, all of you. Want to say hi. And then our Novato campus. We want to say hi to our family up in Novato in the Bay Area. We love you guys. We're so glad that you guys are joining us today. Speaking of Novato, I need to introduce you to some people here. For about a, a little over a year, we've been praying for a campus pastor up at our Novato campus. Pastor Dave Parrish has been holding it down there, doing a great job. Uh, but we recently um, found a great campus pastor. And so I would love for you guys to give a big Hills family welcome to all, on all of our campuses. Let's give it up for Pastor Kevin, his wife Adriana. Let's go, let's go, yeah. Now, before we get going on to anything, I need you guys to like just take a deep breath, calm your hearts, because I got to say, I just got to prepare you for something. They're already laughing. They're from New York, and he's a Yankees fan. Just get it. Just get that out right away. Hey, get it out right away, right man. Now. We're going to do an altar call. <laughs> Jesus is moving in your lives right now. Kevin, Adriana, we are so glad that you're part of the Hills family, aren't we? Yeah. Thank you so much. They're going to go up to Novato and absolutely do everything we can to reach that city, right? It's Tell us a little bit about yourselves and, uh, and then just some things about Novato. Sure. Well, thank you so much, first of all, for having us. It's a privilege for us to be joining the Hills family. We live up in the Bay Area. And uh, like you said, we're originally from New York, but we just uh, felt God called us to the Bay Area about four years ago and are excited about what God wants to do in Novato. Uh, and he's already doing things. Yes, and we get is. to be a part of what he wants to do next. And so it's a great opportunity and privilege. So thank you for all your prayers, for your giving, everything you've done to let that, let that campus uh, reach that community for Jesus. So uh, my wife Adriana and I have been married for 27 years this coming week. Yep. She was 12. She, she yeah, was 12 she, yep. when you got She actually married. just turned yeah. 29, so. That's right. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, we have uh, two grown daughters and a son-in-law, and our first granddaughter is coming in November. Uh, I know. Yeah. Go ahead, turn to your neighbor and say they don't look old enough, because it's true, we're not. Um, but I got in trouble in the first service, so I'm going to let my wife talk. There you because, go. Uh, You're yeah. a man who learns. You're a She takes the yes. offerings. That's, That's how that it. works. Hi, I do have a voice. I, we are so <laughs> thrilled to be here, a part of uh, this amazing church. Uh, the moment uh, we first came and visited, we were like, oh, my goodness, this is so exciting. And if God would allow us to be a part of what he's doing here, all the way up in Novato, we want it. So we are so excited. And we just want to encourage you. I know you already have. But join us. Join us on this amazing journey for us in prayer. Be a part of it. Um, and your support, it means so much. It's going to mean so much to us. Uh, come visit. And we can change lives out there, and we yeah, can do we can. some amazing things with him. So yeah. thank you so much. We feel so blessed and so welcome in this place, and we just thank you for, each, for, for your hospitality. Thank you to all the pastors. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. That's so good. Thank you, guys. Bless you, guys. So good. One more time, Kevin and Adriana, thank you. We're going to spend some time praying for them. And so wherever you're at on any of our campuses or here at the North Campus, if you would just extend a hand. I won't pray that long. Hopefully it won't get that tired. But let's just bless this couple, bless this family, and let's just bring them before God. So, Father, we are so blessed to be part of your kingdom, Lord. 
And through this local expression of this church, God, we pray that you would use her, that you would use us mightily to impact your kingdom. And Father, we specifically pray for those who are in Nevada who need to hear the good news of Jesus, Father. Would you spread your spirit, move like wildfire up there. Would you use Adriana, our dear sister, Lord, to speak into uh, the hearts of people there to remind them, Lord, of your great love. Father, would you use Pastor Kevin to be diligent in shepherding that congregation there and to reaching out into all parts of that city so that nobody goes without hearing your good news, Lord. So bless them. Father, we do pray for protection for their marriage, for their family. But Father, we pray uh, for boldness. Would you give both of them a boldness in that city? We ask for favor in that city, Lord, that doors would open up so that kingdom decisions can be made, Lord. We love you. We thank you for their commitment. And we pray all this in Christ's name. And the whole Hills family said, amen. amen. One more time. Give it up for you guys. Thank you guys. So good. I don't know if you guys noticed, there was a lot of young people down here worshiping. And they just got back from camp. They just got back from camp. Yeah. They baptized 11, 11 people at Lake Shasta while they were there, man. So good, right? So good. I just have one question for you all right here. That you come up here during worship, but when I'm about to teach, you guys all go back over there. Man, I know how it is. There it is. Just kidding, man. You guys are awesome. I hope you had a great time. My daughter was there. She had a fantastic time. And it's just a great time in the life of our young people when they get to get away and focus, get rid of their phones, right? You guys didn't have phones? Right? And so, yeah, that, that, that right there will be enough to drive you right to Jesus. It's great, man. So good. So good. Guys, we are going to start a new sermon series uh, this morning called It Takes a Church. And we're going to kind of talk about the values of Clovis Hills. We're going to talk about our community and what it means. But this morning, we're going to start off by talking about community and what it means to live and be part of a Christian community. And that, that, that entails a lot of stuff, and we're going to get to that. But uh, I want to start off by telling you about 15 years ago, me and my wife, we were living down in L.A., and we got tickets to go see U2. Any U2 fans in here? Yeah, you know, Bono, like Cured AIDS in Africa, stuff like that. I mean, like, it's amazing, you know? It's, I was just kidding about Cured AIDS. He didn't really do that. But, you know, he's just, like, super popular. The band's super big. Me and my wife are super excited because it's one of our favorite bands. And so they were playing in the Rose Bowl. And that's in Pasadena. And if you've never been to the Rose Bowl or even heard about the Rose Bowl, the Rose Bowl seats 100,000 people. And it was sold out for three nights. And so we got tickets, and we were there on a Saturday night, and I was super excited. And so I came up with this grand plan. You see, if you ever tried to go to the Rose Bowl to see any event, the parking is horrible. They park all over the place. They either park on this golf course, and it is tough getting in, and it's tough getting out. So I had a plan. I know what you're thinking. It's probably the same thing my wife was thinking. Uh-oh, here we go. And so I tell my wife, I said, instead of driving into the Rose Bowl to see you too, how about we Uber in? Let's Uber in, we'll beat the crowd, we'll beat all the people that are waiting to park, we'll go by there, as we're walking by, we'll go by and just like, eh, you know, you're still there, we're better than you, that kind of thing. And, uh, and then afterwards, it'll be real easy, because there's like a whole designated area for Uber at the Rose Bowl. It'll be easy, in and out. 
She was not as confident in the plan that I was, but she went along anyway, bless her heart. And so we got in perfect. We Ubered in, it was awesome. We went by all the cars that were trying to get parking spots and we felt like, a, I felt like a million bucks. My wife was still a little bit iffy on the plan, but we're in the Rose Bowl. We get in there and it is amazing. By the way, my wife asked me a simple question before we leave the house. She said one thing, I don't want to take my purse. Should I take my phone? I said, no need to take your phone. My phone's fully charged. We got this. It's important to this story if you remember. <laughs> oh, gosh, you already know. <laughs> we get into the Rose Bowl. We're having a great time. I mean, everybody has their, you guys, the phones are out with the lights, and we're all singing, and we are one, you know, all that stuff. You did. It was great. I'm taking pictures. I, 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 everything. It was a great experience. Felt like a family in the Rose Bowl. We're singing together, high-fiving each other, just lifting up our phones together. It was a shared experience until the concert was over. And then we walked out to, to get our Uber, and I, I made a mistake. As I opened up my phone to hit the, the app, the Uber app, I only had 2% left on my phone, 2%. It was enough to open the Uber app and to start and then died. And we were stuck. But guess what? We just had this amazing experience with 100,000 people that I would consider friends now. <laughs> All 100,000 of them. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, my wife, I could just feel, I couldn't even look at her because she had those laser beams coming right out like I mean, and I didn't want to look because I would like melt like Indiana Jones, you know? And those words, I told you so, would ring out, you know? But I had a plan. 100,000 of my best friends, we just had a concert together. So I'm like, I'd walk up to somebody and go, hey, buddy, what's up? Great concert, man. That was awesome, man. Hey, my phone died, man. You think I could get yours to call somebody? They would look at me like they didn't even know me. Can you believe that? We are just singing. There's literally a song that you two sings. It's called We Are One. It's like one. We're not one. Another person I go up to him, I'm just like, Dude, great concert, man. High five. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Hey, my phone died. You think I could catch your phone so I could call? Like, they just look at me like I, they, you know, they, they didn't even know me. Go figure that. One person on my high five, they wouldn't even give me a high five after the concert. And it was rejection after rejection after rejection. And so literally, my wife said, you better figure this out. And so I hiked out of the Rose Bowl. I got to a community like a community, meaning like places that were civilization, you know what I mean? And I found something like this new technology. It was amazing. It was cool. It only takes a quarter. And you put it in. I couldn't even believe I found a payphone. It was amazing. There's no payphones around, but I happened to stumble upon a payphone. And I called my buddy. He came and got us, and, and everything was better. But, but here's what it is. I tell you the story because of this. How many times have we been in communities? How many times have we been around people, whether that's at work, people we live around, whatever, and we think that real community is happening until the chips are down and you really need them, and then they're like bounce and they're gone, right? That's a false community. That's a false sense of community. You think it's there, you think it's everything's great, but real community is when the chips are down, they're there for you. They'll let you even use their phone after a U2 concert. 
That's like real community, right? So what I want to talk about this morning is Christian community. And what is it like to live in a family? What is it like to live in this community? And more specifically, even the Hills, like the Hills family, like all of our campuses, our venues, it's one church but many locations. And how do we get to live in that Christian community and what does it look like? So if you have your Bibles, your iPhones, your iPads, I want you to meet me in Mark chapter 2. And we're going to read starting in verse 1. And as we read it, if you are able to, will you please stand and join me as we honor and read God's Word together. We're in Mark chapter 2. And what we're going to read now is an example of Christian community. Are you with me? Here we go, Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the, man, uh, lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. Don't you love it? They're not even saying it, and Jesus already knows. I love it. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know, now, I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they stayed praising God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. This is God's word. You may be seated. So what we have is we have four friends who have a friend who's in need. He's paralyzed. And so these four men, instead of waiting for something to happen, they decided the only thing they could do, almost in a desperate situation, is get him to who they know could help him. And that was Jesus. And so they take him and put him on a mat, because obviously he was paralyzed and could not walk. And so they place him on a mat, and they all grab a corner, and four men carry this paralyzed man through a city. It wasn't like they were just right next door. It wasn't like they were on the top, you know, and they had to take an elevator or anything like that. They carried this man on a mat through the city to get them to the one who they believed could heal him. They had heard rumors. There was, there was Jesus was healing people, and they're like, we want to get to Jesus so our friend who cannot walk could walk again. And so they get to, they get to the house where they heard Jesus was teaching, and, and to their surprise, it is packed. Everybody wanted to be around Jesus at that time. He was healing people. He was feeding people. And everybody packed into this first century home to hear the words of Jesus. So much so that they couldn't even get in the door. The place was packed. It was full. And so one of them, and the Bible doesn't say who, but one of them had a bright idea. Let's climb up the roof with the guy on the mat 
That's heavy. Let's get to the roof. Let's put a hole in the roof. And let's get this man down so that he could be by Jesus. Christian community. A, a real sense of community. One that will, what, what, one that says that I'll do whatever it takes to get help for you. That's the kind of community we want to talk about this morning. We don't want to talk about the false sense of community that happens everywhere. How many of us, and don't, don't raise your hand because I believe it's about everybody in this room, including me. How many of us have ever been let down by what we thought was a community we could trust and, and then we didn't? And I'm even talking about inside the church. I'm not, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen inside the church. Church hurts the real thing. But what we want to talk about and focus this morning is what does Christian community look like? And I'm using this example out of Mark to get us there. So the first thing I noticed out of this passage that we read is this. If you're taking notes and, and you have the, it open, the first one is this. In community, we cover, we carry each other's mats. In community, we carry each other's mats. I love what Helen Keller had to say. There's a quote from Helen Keller. She said this, Walking with a friend in the dark is better than walking alone in the light. You see, she knew all too well how important it was to have people around you that you could trust. The people that have your best interest at heart. People that won't just leave when the chips are down, when life gets hard. And even if you have one it's better than walking in loneliness. So in Christian community, what we find is we need to learn to carry each other's mats. Look what it says in Galatians chapter six, verse two. It says, carry each other's burdens, Paul tells the church in Galatia, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, if you're a Christ follower here, if you're a, a follower of Jesus and you call yourself a believer, I would hope that your desire is to help fulfill the law of Christ. Amen? Amen. Like, I hope that's in your heart. Now, what is the law of Christ? Because we want to help fulfill it. One day the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, oh, I want to try to trick you. I want to see if you're really, really a rabbi and who you are, who you say you are. And so they went up to Jesus and they asked him, What's the greatest commandment at all time? You know, Jesus said, he, he quoted the Shema. He quoted Deuteronomy. He said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the, and the Pharisees were like, right on. And then Jesus said, and I got another one. And the Pharisees were like, well, no, 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 that's it, man, right there. You're good. You don't have to say anymore. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. I'm going to actually up the game a little bit. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But you need to love your neighbor as yourself. See, because Jesus knew all too well, and he wanted to explain to you and I and all the people who called Jesus Lord that it's not just about loving God. It's not just about that. But if we say we love God, he wants us to intrinsically intake that and then allow that love to push out to a community to love each other. It's easy to say I love God sometimes, but isn't it a whole lot harder to say we love each other? There's some pretty unlovable people. I'm one of them. Oh, Pastor Scott, you're such a lovable guy, man. Ask my wife and kids. There's times it's rough. And it's hard sometimes to love you too. If we're just being real, like let's just put the cards on the table. You know what I'm saying? Like, like sometimes we have really bad moments. 
And sometimes we're not that easy to love. But yet, Jesus didn't let us off the hook. He said, love God and love others. In fact, he went all in on John chapter 13, verse 35. He said this. He's telling his followers. He said, the, you, the world's going to know. The people that don't believe, they're going to know that you're my disciples. How are they going to know you're my disciples? By the way you study the Bible. Nah, that's not what he said. By, by the way you, you worship and get your groove on during worship. No, that's not what he said. He said in John chapter 13, the world's going to know you're my disciples by the way you love one another. Oh, boy. Wow. It's a pretty high barometer. And yet that's what he challenges us to do. You see, in community, the, the world's watching. I don't know if you know this, but the world's watching. I grew up in a non-Christian home. And when I first became a believer as a teenager, I would go home and I would tell all kinds of stuff to my parents because I so desperately wanted my parents to come to Christ. And I would go home and I would tell them all the time about Jesus, what God's doing in my life, what's happening at church. I was so excited. And then the moment I messed up, the moment I was just a teenager and I screwed up, my parents would say, oh, is that what they teach you at church? Oh, Maybe you've been there, I don't know. But it would devastate me. And, and I only tell you that because the world's watching. And, and what they're watching to see if, if we can't just love each other. Like, if they really believe in God, why, why don't they get along? Have you ever noticed that Christians, we, man, we, it seems like we just like crucify, you know, dead saints and we, kick living saints when they're down. And we do it to each other. And there's an unbelieving world watching us, just going, like, like if you guys don't even love each other, well, what's this even all about? So Christian community is about carrying each other's burdens, loving each other. You know, that, that, that verse in Galatians chapter 6, when it says carry each other's burdens, what he's referring to is that when there's weight so much that you can't carry, they used to put on pack animals, like donkeys, camels, and they would lift some of the weight off of them and put it on the animals so they could continue in their journey. That's what he's talking about here. He's talking about that when life is overwhelming for you and I as believers, there are brothers and sisters in Christ who could come alongside you and help carry some of that weight so you can continue on in your journey. Now listen, notice what I didn't say. I didn't say there's brothers and sisters who will come and take that entire burden for you. That's a whole other issue. It's called codependency. Okay? We have a CR for that on Tuesday nights. If that's you, check it out. Seriously. Like serious. But... We could certainly come alongside, and we could take some of the weight, and we could walk with somebody while they're walking through some dark times. We could be there for them. We could listen. We could certainly speak some encouragement into people's lives. We could share one another's burdens. Now, here's the deal. One of the, if you don't get anything else, just remember this little tip when I'm talking about this. The Bible tells us in 1 John that we should confess our sins to one another. That's a way that we can share our burdens. I do not encourage you to go to every single person you know and start confessing your sins. 
Like, I'm not going to do that for you guys. Like, I'm not going to stand up and bare my entire soul and tell you about the really dark places. Now, now you're, oh, you guys should be vulnerable and do that. Well, no, I just don't know every single one of you, to be honest, man. <laughs> but what I can do is I can gather some people around me and I can confess my sins to them. And, 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 and I want to encourage you to do the same thing. But in doing so, please, please get people around you that you trust, that aren't going to judge you. They're going to go around and spread gossip about you because you need to find people you can trust and gather them around you because they don't need to be speaking gossip about you. They don't need to be going and sharing all your dirty laundry about you. They need to be pushing you closer to Jesus. That's really what we should be doing for one another. The world already sees all our dirty laundry, trust me. There's news articles about it all the time. They need to see us pushing each other towards Jesus and growing closer to his heart. We need to bear one another's burdens. We need to carry each other's mats. Does that make sense? If it does, I'm going to point two. Go to point two. All right, here we go. In community, we carry each other's uh, mats, just like they did in that story. The other thing I glean from the story is in community, we do the hard work. We do the hard work. There's a, there's a book that was written by a man named Frank Warren. It was called Post Secrets. Anybody ever hear the book called Post Secrets? Ugh, eerie, huh? A little bit scary. This man, Frank Warren, he had an idea for a book. And so he took about a year and he traveled all over the country and wherever he went, in airports, restaurants, wherever he was, every community he was all over, he left a postcard size uh, card everywhere he went, like stacks of them. And on the card, all it said was, it was a self-addressed, his address to where he was living in Seattle, Washington, postage already paid, and on the, car, on the postcard it said, if uh, you have a secret that you've never told anybody, write it here and mail it to me. Ooh, you want to hear some of them? Heck yeah, you do. <laughs> Check this out. I got a few of them. Check it out right here. First one, this is somebody just sharing their secret. It says, I judge your intelligence off the magazines you subscribe to. Ooh, self-confession there. All right, all right. Kind of a judgy guy. Glad he shared that secret. This is an interesting one. This person, the secret they never told anybody, they said, I'm a missionary in a Spanish-speaking country. Whenever I don't understand the sermon at church, I think about how much my pastor looks like Lord Voldemort. <laughs> hey, Tom Cruise when you're thinking about me when I'm not entertaining you, okay? That's all I ask, man. Oh, no. Somebody said, oh, no. <laughs> Check this one out. Here's a self-confessing here. When people send me postcards from their vacation, it, it always seems like they're uh, rubbing it in for the fact that I don't go on vacation. <laughs> Just, man, he needs help. All right. I don't know who that is, but they need help. Here's one that's going to make you cringe, and this is unbelievable, but this is a secret somebody held. My greatest regret is that I didn't have the guts to kill him when he asked me. Ooh, we're getting real right there. Man. I share these with you because there's things that burden us, that hold us down. And yes, we are called to carry each other's mats, and we walk with people and maybe today you have some stuff that you just need to get out. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to ask you to get in circles and confess to each other. So just, uh, whew, we're not going to do that. But I wanna, do want us to know that sometimes in community we have to do hard work. 
we have to do hard work. We have to walk with each other. And that's incredibly hard sometimes. But in Christian community, we're called to that. These men carried this guy on a mat through the streets to get him to Jesus. And not only did they do that, but they were so resolved in their heart that they needed to get him to Jesus. They put a hole in the roof. Have you ever wondered about the poor homeowner of that house? <laughs> My insurance policy doesn't cover that. You're going with me to Home Depot after this. Whatever, I don't know. I just feel bad for the guy. But I want you to know, first century, those houses, it wasn't an easy task. You know, sometimes like when they have movies and stuff about Jesus and they're showing this story, they like move a little bit of straw and then there's Jesus, there's a hole. No, 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 no. The first century home were like, it was probably a good foot to two of dried up mud that was put together with straw. It was like they had to dig, they had to work to get a hole in this guy's, but that was the resolve in their heart. They didn't just give up. That when, the, when it got tough, they didn't just say, oh man, we got all the way up to this roof and we carried you all the way up here. But darn it, there's a, there's a roof and there's two foot of mud, so we're giving up, let's go home. They didn't do that. They did the hard work because they believed and lived in community and they needed to get their friend to Jesus. So sometimes in community, we do the hard work. Now sometimes we do the hard work outside in the community as a community, right? Like we did yesterday. Yesterday, at our Tulare Street campus. Shout out to Tulare Street. We as a community, by the way, it wasn't just a Tulare Street, it was a Hills family thing. On all of our campus, people brought shoes. On all of our campus, people contributed. From all of our campus, people volunteered. And together as a community, we went and served one of our communities and passed out over a thousand shoes to kids who were about to go back to school and they could feel good about themselves because of the kicks they got. In fact, I want to brag a little bit, and the, reason, and the way I want to brag is I want you guys to watch a video and just be encouraged about what our community did for that community. Let's watch the screens. Pastor Brandon here. We are out here at the Tulare Street campus for our third annual Kicks for Kids. Man, it is in full swing. We have 1,850 pairs of shoes this year, and we have a ton of people. The line is all the way down the block. Uh, we're going to be out here all day. Christina, I came from um, Shoes for Kicks um, last year, and now I attend this church, and I feel that God brings me back to serve, and now I'm here to volunteer and help out.
so good. Yeah. It was hard work. Our community serving, it was hard work, but under the leadership of Pastor Brandon and all the wonderful volunteers and all of you who sacrificed and gave and bought shoes and all that stuff, we were able to serve that community. And why did we serve that community? So that we could bring them to Jesus. So that we could show them Jesus. And that's why in community, it's hard work. But also in community, even living out a Christian community, it's hard work. It's hard work. Not everybody is super lovable. Not everybody acts and thinks and feels the same way that you do. But we're brothers and sisters of Christ. And so it's incredibly hard work to live in community. I, I want to just address something real fast. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. But I want to take care of some business, some in-house business, like some family business. And I want to spend a lot of time, but I want to address it. So last week at our 1045 service, we had a guest speaker, Dr. Sludiker. Many of you were here. There was a young man who stood up and was, was speaking back very loudly to our guest speaker. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't. But I wanted to just address it. And let me just say this about it, and then I'm going to move on. That young man, he's part of our community. He's not a guest. He wasn't a guest. He wasn't someone that was just visiting. He didn't just walk in off the streets. He's part of our community. His family is an integral part of our community. And just because something like that happened doesn't mean we walk away. It doesn't mean we, we, we shun that young man. No, community is hard work. And so what we do is we pray for that young man, we walk alongside that young man, and we help that young man fit into our community. That's what we do. And I know there was some stuff being said. Let me just set the record straight. Me and Pastor Sean and Pastor Mike were able to meet with this young man, had a great conversation, but make no mistake, it is not time to pick up and run after something like that happens. I'm not giving you guys permission to yell back at me in my message, but, but what I'm saying is true, guys. It's hard work to be living in community. And he's part of our community, and that family's part of our community. And we're going to love him. We're going to love him. And we're going to celebrate that the Hills family doesn't just turn around and run, but we embrace and we pray for and we walk alongside when things get tough. Amen? Amen. That's all I'm going to say about that. Christian community, we carry each other's mats. Christian community, we do the hard work. Look what it says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, restore that person gently. But watch for yourselves. You also may be tempted. It's not about, like, I know more than you and... And I'm more mature in my faith, so let me just come alongside you and tell you what to do. No, it's about walking with each other. And while we're walking with each other, don't think that you can't get sidetracked and tempted and fall like just anybody else. It's about preparing our hearts and making sure they're right with God and just pushing people towards Jesus. Pushing people towards Jesus. I love what Diedrich Bonhoeffer had to say. Diedrich Bonhoeffer was a theologian who lived who lived in community during World War II, Nazi Germany. He was in 
Germany, a believer living underground. And he said this, in Christian community, we comfort the troubled and trouble the comfortable. That's Christian community. That you and I sharpen each other. We, we challenge each other sometimes to, to, to get closer to the heart of Jesus. And when we see somebody falling, we pick them up. And by the way, when we fall, we put our pride aside and we let somebody else come along and walk alongside of us. We don't just comfort the trouble, but we allow the word of God to disturb and disrupt and the Holy Spirit to move so it draws us closer to the heart of God and we need each other to do that. That's what Christian community is all about. Third thing, and we're gonna wrap it up. In community, we carry each other's bats. In community, we do hard work. And in community, we bring others closer to Jesus. Look what it says. Let me just reread Mark chapter two, starting in verse five. And I love this part of the story. When Jesus saw their faith, their faith, not the man on the, not the, man on the mat. Jesus was not talking about the guy on the mat. He's talking about the four guys that carried the man on the mat. He said, when Jesus saw their faith, isn't it interesting that sometimes in Christian community, we can believe for those who just aren't quite there to believe? We can do that for each other. There might be a brother or sister who's just like so distraught and questioning and, and going through such tough times that they're having a hard time seeing God in it. And you and I as brothers and sisters could come along and say, let me believe for you. And I'm going to walk with you until you can begin to see clearly that God has you. He says, when they saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, come, now some of the teachers of the law were there sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew this in their spirit, that this is what they were thinking and in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to a, guy, a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Here's my point. Did you notice what Jesus did? These men, in full faith, just knowing that they needed to get closer to Jesus, dug a hole through the roof, lowered the man down. Jesus said, thank you for their faith. But he looked at the man, and he didn't say first, he did not say, oh, I'm going to heal you, get up and walk. He first said to the man, your sins are forgiven. And I tell you that because sometimes when we're going through issues, sometimes in our addictions and our pains, our bad relationship decisions, sometimes when we're going through it, Jesus sees exactly what we, we need. And in this case, the man needed to be healed, but Jesus understood that the thing he needed most was a touch from Jesus. He needed to be forgiven of his sins. He needed to be made right with God. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He saw the man's issues, and he got right to the central issue, and that was the forgiveness of sin. And then he healed them after that. So today, church family, wherever we're at, Novato, Old Town, Tulare Street, North Campus, our venues, today, 
as a Christian community, I want you to know that God loves you. And he loves you so much, he's not willing to keep you right where you are. He loves you so much, he's not gonna let you sit there. And that's what the cross was all about, that he died for that. And in Christian community, we need to push each other towards the cross, towards Jesus, and understand whatever sin I'm dealing with in my life right now that might be separating me from God, that we could ask for forgiveness. And because of the work of the cross, Jesus said he'll forgive us every time. Every time. That's what he did on the cross. So if you're here today and you're struggling and you're like, man, I don't know if God can love me. You don't know what I did last night. Man, I don't know, but God does. And as a brother in Christ, I want to push you to Jesus. I want to live in community right now and tell you that there's no guilt or shame. There's just redemption. And that you can be redeemed to Christ right now. And we can begin to live in this Christian community where we push each other towards Jesus. We so desperately carry each other and we do the hard work and we get people to Jesus. And that includes you and I. So that we can grow closer to the heart of the Father and we can live in this. It's incredibly hard, but it's worth the hard work. Because Christian community is beautiful. With all of our warts and all of our disformities as a, in our character, with all the broken people, he takes them all and puts them together and makes a beautiful mosaic. And he says, that's my church and that's my people. And we get the privilege of living out Christian community so that we can share and show a world that you could argue about everything else out there, but we're one with Christ as the head, marching together to show people who Jesus is. Are you with me? Amen. Man, let's pray together. Father, you are...